Most of the time, he talks it out with the voices in his head. Other times, he gets an artist to answer his questions, and you get to listen to it here. Welcome to Toad's Tunes. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Sitting here with Mr. Travis Denning. Good to be here. Dude, how the hell have you been? Busy. Busy. Very busy. That's a good thing, right? It's gotta be. I think that's what they tell me, at least. Dude, out on the road with Riley Green. Yep. What else you got going on? Uh, I'm going to Europe and UK uh, for two weeks in October as a part of a CMA songwriter series. First time? Uh, no, no, this will be my third time. And, well, third time in the UK, uh, first time in Europe. So be a lot of fun. Then, then we pick back up with Riley, and we go until pretty much mid-December, and then I have the standard three or four weeks off, and then back to whatever grind they tell me to go do. What does Travis Denning do on his three weeks off? Besides sleep? <laughs> yeah. On this three weeks off, I mean, my, my sister is expecting twins uh, probably right around the time I get off. So I'll probably try and get down, you know, to Georgia for that. Um, I will definitely hunt a little bit and try and get in a deer stand yeah. a few times. But honestly, man, I'll just try and sleep, cook, maybe work out, go see a movie, right. hang, hang with my girlfriend, like just just chill out, you know what I mean? And and do the standard Christmas and New Year's and all that good stuff. And then probably that second or third week of January, I'll be freaking out that I'm not doing something and get right back to it. You get that board kind of like sets in at that point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went on. I went to Cabo for like five days over Mother's Day weekend. And it was one of those things where I had so many like points saved up on Southwest and Hilton that I was like, man, I can pay for this whole trip on with points. points. Right. And I'm like, man, I'm going to do it. And I'm five days, like phone off kind of thing. And me and Madison went down there and it was awesome. But by day three or four, I mean, I was like replying to emails and. You couldn't just disconnect. Yeah, it was just kind of hard. I think now I def like if you're like you're gonna go to Cabo right now and not talk to anybody I'm like where is the plane let's, do, <laughs> let's it. But, do it right okay, it's kind of fun like May is like to me that's like the year's kind of just getting started so right I'm, you know and now it's like we've just been busy man which is great I mean I, I'm not complaining and uh, we got a whole lot more stuff to do before this year's over with we're gonna squeeze every bit of it out that we can that's a good thing what's the highlight of 2019 so far other than playing at Stoney's twice now absolutely I was about <laughs> to say man like. Two Vegas trips in, in a year is pretty good. Right. Uh, man, highlight, that'd be a good question. I mean, honestly, like, last night we played the Troubadour, and I covered Hotel California, so that was kind of cool. Wow. I and, we, I, and we pulled, like, we, I'm proud to say we, like, nailed it. I really yeah. do feel like we did. I saw some video stuff online. It was either on your page or Riley, just some stuff that just popped off from the show last night. It looked like a fun time. It was like, awesome, man. It was so special. I mean, that was definitely one of them. I mean, there, there's been a lot, man. I mean, probably also um, uh, a handful of festivals we played this summer. I mean, Faster Horses was awesome. Right. Um, Lake Shake was great. We played a festival in Cadet, Wisconsin that I believe was called Country Fest. That was just what it was called. And right. that was like, I mean... We probably had 5,000 people on our little side stage, and I, I, they were all singing David Ashley Parker back to me, and it was, like, unreal. That it feeling's just, just... Yeah, that was cool. I mean, you know, and especially in the hell-hot heat of, like, festival season and just, like, right in the middle of the year when, like, it, it's easy to get a little worn out and just a little, like, damn, we were just, like, 
putting miles on tires and right. running out of clean underwear, you know, and like to get up on stage and like get that kind of response. I mean, it's a good it's feeling. Epic. Yeah. I saw you in July, but I didn't come say hi to you. I should have, but I was working. Um, I was up in Tuella, Utah, Country Fan Fest. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. man. Interesting little setup up there. That was fun, dude. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a neat thing. We actually I took... lived in Utah for five years growing up. You did? I lived in Layton, Utah, which is like, I guess maybe an hour north of Tuella. Yeah. Uh, 30 minutes north of Salt Lake. I kind of forgot my geography of Utah, but uh, that was cool, man. I actually had some friends that were like in the, in the crowd, and I stayed for two days after with my dad and one of my best friends from high school and we just we dirt biked Tuella and uh, American Fork Canyon and all that and had a blast what do you ride well just whatever they rented us but we were riding like WR 230s okay Yamaha's. it's kind of a slow it's not a great bike right to be honest that's with more you. like a trail bike kind of thing yeah and, that, and it's a good it's a great trail bike and that's kind of like I want to go as high up as I possibly can and find the worst situations to get into, which I was glad to say I can still do that after really, I mean, I biked a little bit in high school, but God, it'd been so long since I really rode like right. I did in Utah and, uh, it's all right by, but dude, we had a blast. It was awesome. I ride a lot. Yeah. That's what uh, my tour manager was telling me. I enjoy it. It's my life. I saw his hat and I was like, you ride? And he's like, I do. I have a, a CRF 250R. Actually, yeah. I actually have two of them. I bought one for my son to ride with me. He doesn't ride anymore. Have you anymore. always been a Honda guy? Um, first bike was a Suzuki. Um, and then I would say, yeah, I pretty much been a Honda guy ever since. I've had- My first bike, XR100. Dude. That's like the entry, but it's like, it's like everybody's first bike is the XR100. I My mom- Bless her heart when she gets on a dirt bike. She's old. She's 74 now, but I go back about 15 years. She was riding a TTR, TTRL 125 Yamaha, yeah, um, a little cruiser, and she would just fart around on it, and then I would get on it. And it was so light compared to my 250 right. that, I mean, I just had so much fun on that bike. It didn't didn't wind out very far. It wasn't responsive yeah. like that, but it was just a nice little cruiser. That, and, you know, that was the thing with like those bikes we rented <coughs> to me and and. And it could have been a tuning job. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm sure they, I'm sure they tune them down. It's governor. Like, yeah, and I mean, it's like there, there's just so much space, like revolution space, in between those gears, right? And, and like to me, what I mean is like, just that set, like first to second and second to third space on some of those Yamahas. And I'm not dogging Yamaha because the YZ like literally changed the game. Sure, of like, like four stroke racing and all that, but like. Dude, they just like can't get torque for shit. Right. And it's like that's a little bike. Yeah, it is. It's just it's just two thirty. It's hard, man. I mean it's gotta be geared down up there too, because just because of their in- insurance, I, I would think. Right. Your uh TM was was saying to me about um aren't I ready for a four fifty? I broke my back on a two fifty two stroke, a Honda C R yeah. and I was like, it's just too much bike. I enjoy a lot. I enjoy my two fifty F. I put a cam in it, I don't need anything else. I mean yeah. it, I, um I love it. I mean my dad rode <coughs> forever because uh, a kawasaki klx 400 which is like a big it's a like, monster dude yeah heavy tra- i mean it's heavier than some motorcycles i've sat on and it was funny we would ride and like i said you know it's like we were looking we just wanted to climb 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 find that summit and then go back down you know that's kind of how we rode like and that's what i loved um, I mean, we did we did some tracks and stuff for fun and all that, but I was never like hardcore into that. Right. I had uh, I actually owned a WR for a little bit, and it's the same thing, dude. You could get on that Kawasaki and ride it up this wall. I mean, <laughs> it was like so heavy and so much balls that thing. It didn't matter what mountain you were on, it was going to make it up there. And 
probably the first gear. That, is that never, a two stroke or is that a four stroke? It was four, four stroke. Four stroke four hundred. Yeah. And that was back I mean, that's back before obviously like the everything's fuel injected now and right. like, it's like all like that I mean like when the Y Z that four fifty, like it's like it's just crazy to think how the game has changed of like there's so many more four strokes like, dude everyone's got a four stroke and then you come into the electric bikes my bike's a 04 i bought it brand new in, in utah i've yeah. had it ever since and uh it's carbureted but everyone's telling me the minute you go to fuel injection it's a game changer right. and i'm just like man i'm so used to my bike i kind of like toy back and forth with selling well, them and and that's what everybody says now is like with fuel injected four strokes it's like you get close to the pretty much the response of how the two stroke would act right but you have all the bottom end too and yeah. like the thump I think the only thing I'm missing is the smell. Oh yeah, of mixing gas and oil. That was the, <laughs> my next door neighbor at my uh, at my old house. He had a Kawasaki 252 stroke, and he would just go in the garage just to keep it running. He wouldn't ride it a lot, but he would just keep it running. And I could just smell it, and I'm like, fucking love the smell. Love it. It is so funny because I was telling somebody the other day, like when we were in L.A. And it actually rained a little bit, and it you know hit the blacktop, and you, you know that smell of like ra- the first rain on like a blacktop. Yeah, it's like kind of smells terrible, but it's like man, I was like I love that smell because like I think of like childhood, like playing right. out in the front yard, and the same way like a two stroke smells like what I assume like hell's mechanic shop smells <laughs> like, but I rem- I can like vividly see like dirt biking and two L and stuff. Man. Dude, it was fun riding up there. It's great. I mean, it's the, some of the best riding. I mean, we did American Fork Canyon, which we had never done before. How long of a ride was that? Oh, man. We were out there for, I think we were like wheels down riding, probably like 10 o'clock. And we strapped down at like five or six. Oh, shit. Good day riding. Oh, it was insane. I mean, actually, it was a little too good of a day because I'm pulling up some pictures for you here. But like, dude, w- me and my buddy. This is a great story, actually. I love this story. So we rented these three bikes, right? So me, my dad, my buddy Michael riding. And it is like single trail. I mean, pretty much dirt. I mean, it's some loose rock, obviously, especially the higher you go up. But it was just so damn good. And it's it was beautiful. Switchbacks. Challenging, but not like I'm, oh, my not God, gonna I'm die. not having fun. <laughs> right. So we're riding. We're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. So we get to the end of this one trail that we took. We're looking. We're like, okay. We could take 40, which was this trail that we'd been taking. And it was like, it looks like you can take 39, and it's about like like three extra miles. Uh, I mean, just like it's three extra mile loose. It was like, okay, you right. had like, what is that, like 30 minutes or something or whatever, yeah. maybe 20 minutes. And so we're like, let's do that, and then we'll come back around on the backside of 40 and get back on. So we're like, okay. So we start riding. We're climbing, doing all this, doing good. Come through some muck. All of a sudden, we kind of pull over for a second, and my buddy Michael looks down, and the gear shift had been completely like honked up and and just kind of yanked down. Either he caught a rock or something. Right. And it was like, I mean, it can stay in first, but he's like, I literally can't shift. So we're like, shit, man. Like, I don't know what to do. So luckily, we were kind of right at the trail split of 40 and 39. And my dad was like, you know what? I'll take the bum bike back. I'll just take 40 all the way down, straight shot. Y'all go do 39. I'll see y'all at the truck. Dude, 39 went to the damn summit of this mountain. (laughs) And it was the hardest, roughest trail I've ever ridden in my entire life. And, I mean, dude, like, 
we we just thought we were gonna kick. We we were doing these little one hour, one and a half hour kind of like loop things. Is that what made your day so long? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. We were two and a half hours late dropping the bikes <laughs> off, and dude, like I mean, we're doing this going like we we'll go out, come back, grab a sandwich, some water. So we we didn't take any water, right? And dude, we get up, we we started running into some people, and they're like. You guys, uh, you guys know these trails? I started to realize they were like, "What are you doing up right, here?" Right, you're in the wrong place. Dude, we were like, we finally came over this crest. I'm like, dude, we are on the, we are, we are like thirteen thousand feet right now. I mean, we're at the top. So, and the bikes were running fine. Oh, they were fine. But dude, we got to a point where we we're like, dude, I mean, I don't know what our gas situation's like. Right. I mean, we Michael was like, dude, don't even say that. Like, let's, let's just try and get through this. And we made it through some battle scars and stuff, but. Man, it was a blast, and that, those are things I kind of miss about dirt biking. Getting in those situations of like, oh god, like, are we gonna make it? But you pull it out, dude. I don't even know what you would do about gas. I think that's that's the the crazy part. You get up in a world like that, what do you do? I mean, do you just kick stand it, start walking? I yeah. guess, I yeah, mean, in boots. What, yeah, in literally, boots. that's what's just crazy, but. Out here, there's so much fun riding. I like to ride single track. I love the desert. I, I've ridden track before. It's just not my favorite thing in the world to do. Right. But I enjoy riding. My my girl rides in the Razor. She's seen me out there. And she's like, I can't believe you ride it here by yourself. And I'm like, it's my freedom. I put music in my ears, and I just go. My phone doesn't ring. I just I get to go. And yeah. there's a place called Good Springs that has a Pioneer Bar there. It's like one of the oldest bars in the state of Nevada. Awesome. They have a sign in there that says... Uh, um, it doesn't say street hookers, but it says like... Uh, street whatever you pay for your room before you check in instead yeah. of when you check out yeah. sort of thing it's an old sign but it used to be an old brothel wow so it's like it's a fun ride because you get up there and you get to see things there's a lot of people out there but it's in the middle of nowhere yeah that's that's the that's the funnest part totally, man i mean so I, one of my favorite trips i remember when we lived in utah was a place called christmas meadows and it i mean it was it was like really far away so we didn't go a lot it was probably like a three-hour drive but it was just like you'd find these like mountain lakes and these just the most beautiful things you could ever see. And you are out in the middle of nowhere. Like right. Your phone says ha ha instead of no <laughs> service. It's like, are you kidding me? You, you, you made the wrong left. Yeah. What's, what's the rest of the year? So you're going back out on the road. You're going overseas and you come back, catch up with Riley. Do you have new music coming out? Do you? Uh, we, we just put out another song called Heartbeat of a Small Town. Okay. Uh, it came out last Friday. And. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, right now we've just been, you know, everybody thinks like, oh, we're putting out an EP or like you do an album, you do all this. But right now, man, it's like after a few is is doing its thing and, and, and I feel like it is really working at radio. And I, w- I want that to be the face of what this project will eventually be right. when there's a full album coming out. But I've enjoyed putting one song out like every couple months and being like, Here's this side of me. Here's right. this chapter. Dude, with Here's the platforms today, you can. It's, it's so much different than before. And I always ask that question about when people drop singles, do you eventually, is your goal to put it out on an album, on a full album? Right. Because you look at stuff like that. You look at like what, what Luke Combs just did, and he drops this prequel. Right. And then now he's got this album coming out November 8th. It's probably going to have another six, eight songs on yeah, it. Yeah, totally. That, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? And then he'll probably put like, a, a bonus thing out with like three other songs later and that, right. that's kind of like me and Riley talk about it all the time is like you know with, like with Heartbeat of a Small Town you know obviously it was heavily inspired about growing up in Wonder Robins, Georgia and Bonaire, Georgia uh, specifically but you know like one thing that we did that was really cool was like CMA came down to my hometown and shot like a, like a two and a half minute kind of here's Travis's hometown and like I mean straight up like we kind of 
picked Heartbeat of Small Town to be the next song to come out because I love singing about where I come from. And we had this cool opportunity to kind of shoot this little mini documentary. Right. And I was like, hell, I want to get that out. I want people to see that. And I was like, and let's give them this song that they can see this video see where I come from, see the people that I grew up with, and then they hear the song and they go, oh, hell yeah, I get right. it, yeah. How about the day that you woke up and realized that you were being an artist for a living? How long ago was that? Like, we just woke up and I think it's up. like at least a year and a half in the future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nah, I mean... I mean, I'm, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and j- jump in and say that I have artists that come through here. We love the emerging artists, and some of them still have jobs. I mean, one of the bands just came through a f- few weeks ago. The guitar player works at a pizza shop shop right. like on his off time like when was what was that moment like when you just sat there and went oh shit i'm an artist i don't have to go do this job i don't have to go do that i'm doing what i love for a living like what's that feel like when like what was your your whole thing with it honestly i think it was probably like the end of the year last year kind of like second maybe second week of december and i was texting with my my booking agent and I was like, "Who's your booking agent?" I'm at William Morris. My guy is Nick. Uh, no, Jonathan and Sonya. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were texting about the summer, like all these festivals we were doing. And I was getting to do a lot of festivals that I wanted to. Play. I've always wanted to play, you like, know, like bucket list things. Oh, I mean, Watershed, yeah. Faster Horses, Lake Shake, Stagecoach. Um, I mean, um, Country Stampede, like all these incredible things. And, you know, just in that conversation, he kind of said, yeah, this is like, this is the amount of guarantee that you have confirmed, like, for up until, like, July. Right. And, you know, all that stems out of that first song and, like, the success that David Ashley Parker had, which uh, to this day I will still say that when I sing that song on stage, it feels like a number one song, and I, I know it – you know, crack the top forty, but it—I mean, it—I cannot thank country music fans enough for like really—I mean, they—they they were the heartbeat and blood of that song, right. having the success it had and giving me my foot in the door. You yeah. know, I don't know if I'm on the dance floor throwing it down yet, but I'm definitely in, and I'm at the bar getting a drink right now. You know, and that's that's exciting. But really, like I remember my agent just said, "This is how much we've like confirmed for, so right? for like." X, and that's kind of when it hit. I was like, oh, yeah, I could. Oh, yeah, all right. I can, like, definitely pay rent off yeah. that, you know? And um, that was just cool. And I think it's really cool because for, for a lot of us, it's like I, I, I'm confident and, and, and hoping that that number will stay that way, if not go up, you know, sure. every year. And just it just it just makes me excited because I didn't I didn't pick up a guitar for money i didn't i wrote songs because i felt like i had something to say and i still feel that way but man it opens up a lot of space in your head to be creative when you don't necessarily have to worry about the money right Right. away yeah and uh trust me i'm by no means a damn i'm not even close to a hundred thousand dollar heir i don't even know what that is but definitely (laughs) not a millionaire but it's just nice to know that like I can pay my band. Yeah. I can keep those guys busy and I can go home and not have to Stress. worry about anything other sure. than creating music. Dude, it's a blessing, dude. Yeah. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, man. I can't wait to have you back again. I mean, I think we're about due to have you headline. Come headline, man. Dude. I think we need to. I mean, it's been 
I mean, you were here in April. You're back again now. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I think that's something we'll work on for 2020. We're doing some stuff with... We uh, need to find a weekend that the Falcons are going to play the Raiders, hopefully, because uh, that would be a wild, wild weekend. Dude, could you imagine? That's going to be a couple years out before I think that happens, right? Yeah. So Not, maybe they, next year. 2020, 2020 is yeah. their first year, but I don't know. I mean, I don't, they're AFC. I don't know if the Falcons will... It might be like a, a, a one-off. Maybe it'll be in a playoff or something. God, there you go. Could well, that'd, be. That'd be awesome. Could be. I'm not a Raiders fan. I'll never be a Raiders fan. I'm an Eagles fan. If I watch pro football, I'm a college football freak. That's what I enjoy. Here, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm college football. So you're a Georgia fan? Georgia fan. Bulldogs? Atlanta Falcons is my pro team, but yeah, Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, you guys got a pretty good team this year. Yep, 4-0. I'm a Nebraska fan. I'm screwed the pooch. I'm screwed tomorrow. Let's yeah. just say that. I'm playing Ohio State tomorrow. Yeah. In Nebraska, though. So wait a minute. In Ohio State. I don't know where the game is. Shit, and I forgot. But I'm screwed either way. They're giving us 17 points. I don't think that's enough. I think we're going to need a couple more. Yeah. I don't think probably. we're going to pull it. It's all right, though. Hey, Justin Fields came from Georgia. Yeah. Happy for him. He's killing it. Killing the game. Yeah. Well, good, dude. It was good sitting with you. Tell people how to find you online. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. I'm the one with the blue check mark. Not, Not the other one asking for money? Correct. That's how you know it's me. Blue check mark. I've got a Bass Pro Shops hat on in the picture. All the time. I don't think I've ever seen you without a Bass Pro Shops. I know pretty much like awards is the only time I don't. I'll do my hair. You you should still wear it, dude. Screw it. Yeah, but but I kind of like flashing the hair because I I do have good hair. I can admit that. I'll tell you a quick little story. Last time I got my hair cut, uh, the girl that cuts my hair was like, dude, send me a picture of it done because she does it all messy, whatever the fuck she does. Last time I got my hair cut, I wore a hat every single time. So I went back to get my hair cut. She's like, you never sent me a picture. And I'm like, yeah, I wear a hat every single time. Oh, man, I go I go get <laughs> haircuts. And, I mean, I What's get the point? There, they cut it, and I'm like, oh, it's great. She goes, you're going to put your hat on, aren't you? Said, yeah. Dude, why do they get bummed out by that? It's like, you go get I mean, your, I kind of get I mean, I get it. Like, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm like, I will do it at some point. At some point. It's like when you go to the store and buy a T-shirt. You're going to wear the T-shirt out? They're going to get mad at you for that? No. Why can't I just put my hat back on? I mean, it's kind of like if it's like... It's like, man, I just recorded this incredible piece of music. I spent like eight months on it. I spent like $100,000 to record this song. Someone's like, hell yeah. They're like, and they just put the phone up to their ear and listen to it. It's like, yeah, listen to it out of the 20 cent cost speaker <laughs> in your phone. Um, I just I just bought a, um, I like to buy Volkswagens and sell them for some reason. I bought an R32, kind of an all-wheel drive, kind of a, a race car thing. And my buddy just wrote me and said, uh, "You're you're what known what's known as a hard parker." I go, I don't, what, "What does that even mean?" And it's somebody that builds their car, <laughs> but doesn't race it. And I was like, "Okay, whatever." A hard parker, I like hard that. parker. Never heard of it. It's on Urban Dictionary. David Ashley Hard Parker. <laughs> it's there a thing, go. dude. It's a thing. Well, dude, thanks for hanging thanks out. For hanging all right, out. all right, all right. That's the end of this one. Go ahead, roll credits. Recorded by Toad, produced by Toad, booked by Toad, voiced over by Toad. You know what? Toad would just like to go ahead and take this moment to thank you so that he doesn't have to go back and do his real job. 